Hello and welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benno. I'm Joe. And I'm JP. And I would like to say, how are you lads? But I think I know the answer. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks since uh, since we've recorded. Um, it's been an eye-opening couple of weeks uh, in wrestling in general. Uh, people who listen to the British Wrestling Experience will have heard me uh, talk a little bit about the uh, the speaking out allegations and this story that's encompassed wrestling over these uh, these last couple of weeks. And mm. there's a there's been a lot going on these last couple of weeks is uh, is probably the, the fair thing to say. And yeah, people probably shouldn't expect the, your regular episode of Spotlight today from us. No. It, um, you know, I think for this, this is something that, um, and it's rather like a lot of sort of similar things that have happened in other industries over this similar time, whether it be comedy, um, whether it be comic books. Um, it's something that's kind of put into sharp focus. Um the treatment of primarily women, um, the kind of <clears throat> what the true almost nature of what the wrestling industry has done and the kind of litany of people that have um, been, uh, suffered as a result of systemic endemic abuse on a massive scale. Um, I honestly don't know sort of like it's, it's like in terms of, how to approach this and mm. you can probably imagine that we've not been on the air for a couple of weeks um and and part of the reason is like certainly for the last sort of week and a half we've all been absolutely shell-shocked by it. it's it's but it, it's not about us it's it's about reading some of the most horrific stories um imaginable and thinking what um these victims have been through and like you say, it's sort of been like a real eye-opening, chastening experience, um, as it should be. And I kind of want to say something at the start about this. There's a lot of this conversation, it, I don't like, because we're kind of very aware of what our audience is. We're aware ourselves as, as, as three men um, that this is, you know, we're, we're coming from this from men. But I kind of think that we almost want to target this at men who need to fucking step up and be responsible here. And, and there's a whole litany of things that we're going to go into on that as well. But, um, yeah, just, it's still a state of shocks. Even speaking about it now, I, I I'm struggling to articulate myself. Mm. It doesn't matter the litany of notes you have around you talking about this and thinking about this, um, has been pretty all consuming. Um, and I may, you know, and if it's all consuming for us as fans, I cannot imagine of how horrific that has been for the, um, for the victims. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I think that's the thing we've got to think about and we're doing this as well. It's easy to think about this from our point of view and I'm sure we'll get that across, but at the end of the day, like, okay, we're fans, but we're not the people really suffering here. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. And the worst thing about it is, wow, the, the, there are lots of awful things about this entire thing, but it's how long it's taken for this to come out and how it came out and why it came out in the way it did. And you think about the number of opportunities and the number of people that were around the industry who could have got this out earlier 
and you sort of question why it's taken until now for this to come out. Yeah, that's the thing that has sort of puzzled me a little bit. And yeah, I, I, it's hard to know how to sort of process this, but also how to approach this podcast because yeah. I'm so used to talking absolute shit on a podcast. Yeah. And yeah, I just... Yeah, it's it's hard because sympathies just go out to those that have actually suffered in this fucking disgusting business. And you know what? Fucking disgusting business in this country, especially yeah. like just vile, absolutely fucking vile. Mm. And yeah, we were at shows where I'm sure shit took place and we've been guilty of I don't know, putting these guys who have committed fucking awful acts and made people feel fucking terrible and have possibly ruined entire lives, we put them on a pedestal in the past. And, you know, we need to kind of own that as well. And I suppose (laughs) apologise, in a sense. Mm. Yeah, totally. Like, that's... That that is it. Like, I... It, like JP said, and like you said, Joe, you know the the story isn't about us, but you know we're in a. It's, it's funny because we're, you know, obviously I talked before. We we, we talked the story on BWE this week and talked about maybe from a news point of view the the case by case of the British stories, and this is a a story that that originated in Brit Res, and you know we're not necessarily a Brit British wrestling podcast anymore, but we are. A British wrestling podcast, like that's we're in the we middle of this. We are by proxy. We? we are, yeah. We're in the middle of this, and yeah. you know, not many people have, have. I'll be honest, have put people like you know there were allegations about Josh Bodum, there were allegations about Matt Riddle, there were allegations about Jordan Devlin, there were allegations about David Starr. These are people who you know we put on a pedestal ourselves, um, and that you know that that is hard to kind of to process, isn't it? Um, it Again, you know, like I say, we, we we might have said, you know, if if someone asked us now, we're not a British wrestling podcast, but we we are, yeah, we're right in the middle of it, and you know, and we were going to British wrestling shows for years, absolutely, throughout yeah. throughout so much of this, we were going to shows, we yeah. were going to shows when you read through some of this, you're like, fuck, was I at that show? Mm, Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> it's easy to to say we're not a British wrestling podcast, but we've been involved in. British wrestling in some way, yeah. I suppose. If we're honest, we, we started, are, aren't we? Like, that's the thing. Yeah. We yeah. started as a British wrestling podcast. Brit Rest got shit. Brit Rest was also fucking vile in the background all along. And, yeah, I think that we were still going to British wrestling shows during this period. So, yeah, mm. I think we, mm. we, we, we have to talk about it, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's the thing, JP, isn't it? Like, the, we undenied about how to do this podcast like what the the most appropriate route to take was we have to take on board the fact that we are three white males sat here doing a wrestling podcast and have been three white males doing a wrestling podcast for the past three and a half years and we've got a platform here haven't we and there's you know i don't know if you want to speak to that like the, the kind of thought process we had you know it has been kind of a a struggle um to kind of even uh, get to this point yeah it, it it really has been and um in terms of some of the things I think that that we have kind of spoken about, in terms of things that we want to want to cover, mm. um, in terms of like the nature of the allegations, um, just 
the kind of because there's areas where it kind of crosses over into the realms of our work as well yeah and in the sense that all of us are very familiar in various ways with safeguarding and the process of safeguarding and obviously when we've gone to wrestling shows we're not going there with our work head on but it's obviously horrific to think that this goes on while you're while you're there and yeah it's uh, i mean one of the things I, i suppose i'd like to start off with this as much as anything else is that there is so much there are so many things that i kind of want to go through i mean and the first thing is is that as a result of this the idea of any few bad apples within wrestling that has gone Yes. And I think for the most part, there's been a kind of cognitive dissonance amongst fans where if there's someone bad, you assume that there is a level of responsibility going on backstage. We now realize that no one took responsibility across the board. It was a free for all. There was no regulation. There was no like kind of even kind of basic leadership, really. It was a boys club run for boys. And as a result, what ended up happening, certainly in this country, I find it hard to think that it's not going on in, in, in other countries as well, um, but it happens in other industries. That's the other thing to kind of note with this, is that of how systemic and endemic this is, how similar so many of the stories were in terms of modus operandi, how effectively grooming techniques were used on a massive scale. And... There are so many people like who like so many questions to ask for it. Like in terms of the things that have come out through this, I mean, we're talking like at the kind of base level, a kind of idea of how rigged the game was for women wrestlers of how rigged the game was against primarily women. I mean, there are other people there are, there are, um, um, boys non-binary men who have have all suffered assaults through this as well but it appears to be that the moment you might have dared to have a dream to want to become a wrestler but probably the most for the most purest of motives of being inspired by people you would have seen growing up and wanting to become a wrestler you go in there and it's just you're subject to some kind of sexual harassment from day one immediately day one there there is like um you know, you're just like targeted primarily for sex and you're bullied if you don't reciprocate with that. And then you suffer micro and macro aggressions, or whether it's mental, verbal, physical, hearing stories of sort of trainees who wouldn't want to um, like sort of go along with somebody's advances and then having to take horrible bumps in the ring as a result of that. that was fucking disgusting. It makes you wonder how seriously have lots of their trainers ever taken training them, ever taken kind of time to look after them. Poor play, shit place on the card, as Emma said. You know, just the kind of the the way that they've been treated, never kind of listened to. And going on in this environment, you're expected to go out and perform in front of a crowd. And if you don't, then you're bullied. And I feel bad because in that sense knowing what we know now and i kind of think of how glib i have been about um women's wrestling at points and things like that just thinking how could people work in that 
there's no way you can expect reasonably people to work in that environment. Mm. And, you know, the name above, the name at the top of the card says professional wrestling. And there is anything but any levels of professionalism. They thought acting like the fucking boys was professionalism. And it's absolutely vile and disgusting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It just feels like the game was just rigged from the start. Yeah. And you kind of have to like tear up so much of this to just start from kind of solid foundations. Mm. Well, it's, it's like the fucking wild west. Like yeah. your point on professional there, it's, it's sort of ironic as a title, isn't it? Mm. And it was like the wild west in terms of the way things were run, but also how women were viewed as well, which, you know, is one of the main issues. And one of the things I was thinking, right? So you think about when more women started appearing on wrestling cards in the UK. I was sort of trying to think about when this kind of was really. And I suppose it was around the kind of, as, as the boom was going on, if anything, we're getting younger women coming through, younger women on cards a little bit more. And there was a push to get women on cards as well. And there were certain promotions sort of talking about getting women on cards. There were certain promotions talking about intergender wrestling, which I think is something that's got to go at this point, personally. But diversity is great. But if you're going to diversify, surely you have to diversify, not just in terms of the presentation, the ring, but also in terms of the systems that you've got in place backstage and in terms of the structure that you are employing to safeguard and keep your employees safe. Like you've got a boys club and then lots of women start coming to the boys club. And rather than someone taking a lead and going, right, okay, I'm going to try and put some sort of system in place here. I'm going to take some leadership and I'm going to protect people because yeah, this, this industry is changing Instead, it was just the fucking Wild West, and it seems like women were viewed, for the most part, in one particular way, and for one particular reason, put it that way. And I just think that is something that, if British wrestling is to come back on any level, there's got to be proper safeguarding procedures put in place. There's got to be systemic change across the board. And yeah, that might cost you a few extra quid. If it's going to cost you a few extra quid and you're not willing to spend it, don't run. Don't run wrestling shows if you're not willing to do it. Because fundamentally, you looking after people as a wrestling promoter is more important than you putting on a wrestling show. And that seems to have been completely overlooked with the way so many companies have run their business. Yeah, that's it. It's a, the Wild West is the, the, the way to put it, really. It is just like... Mm. Like I knew it from 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 you know training in it and from covering it and from like you said going to these after parties and being around this scene and it is it was it was it's hiding it the whole thing is is hiding in plain sight like the, mm. the, the, the you you'd hear like you know the odd story you'd kind of hear little things but the absolute scale of this like that that's something that I've been talking to people about you know since uh, last week kind of like it should it really you look at it now how obvious is it now that that like this was a problem yeah. that the brit res i know to be honest like indie wrestling in general you know in america and other places where there's been allegations like it's being left to police itself was always a problem and it, and, mm. it, and it should have been obvious this entire time it should have been obvious again especially brit res that there's an issue and 
I think yeah, it's even even more apparent now, isn't it? And it's 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 absolutely apparent that like how how sad is it that like rather than these voices be listened to properly over these last few years, this isn't a this isn't a new issue. Like we're we're we're, we're reacting to this because it's become a big a big news story and it's become a, a cause that people have finally gotten behind but how sad is it that it's come to this point that while you know in the middle of covid and in the middle of like everything shutting down now we're like okay yeah all of these promotions need to need to shut down rethink the training school put in place you know safeguards and become a professional you know environment for for both women and men to work in like it's only now we're saying this this is this is not a a new issue is it like just to step back and see the bigger picture like brit res especially it just the scale of it like it is just it's unbelievable and it's easy to pretend it's it's creeped up on everybody but it hasn't like it's been there this entire time yeah like you say hiding in plain sight you made reference to a lot of time it's only wrestling Mm. it's just not thought of as a thing Mm. it's not thought of as an industry it's not thought of as like somewhere where people kind of make a living and and because of that it kind of slips through the cracks doesn't it Mm. and it's it and the the argument has always been it's wrestling and i think it's 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 interesting like you say because i mean some of the things that we have done is we kind of look back to the past and we kind of had made the assumption and maybe it's cognitive dissonance that we'd learned something from the kind of day, the Wild West days and the wrestling history books of the kind of 80s and the rest of it. Your world classes and the rest. Mm. And you kind of assumed that things had kind of moved on. That those dark side of the ring stories that we covered were of that specific era, but we were better now and we yeah. knew that and we knew how to treat people. Yeah. And it wasn't. What had happened is it, it'd become more fucking devious. Mm. It'd become more fucking nasty in that time and just sort of less blatant. And the issue was, it was like people kind of screaming into a vacuum and a void and they weren't, you know, weren't heard. And there was no way of substantiating stuff because there isn't like a formal industry. There isn't people to complain to other than promoters and trainers. And it's entirely, it was entirely on their discretion. Mm. And it appeared to be, it's like protecting the business in that sense. Like it, it, it was just like kind of ethically and morally it wasn't there we i mean i was thinking about jamesy and what he had said on bwe and so many of these stories and what they involved and i think the one that we've kind of all spoken about um off air about this um primarily the story that involves the um the young girl was it in ipw Mm, yeah Uh, yeah um which is I mean, my God! I mean, that I one broke me. Yeah, it broke. Me. I, I, I cried. I had to switch yeah. off from all of this at that point, and like, there was content in there that we'd heard rumors about for years, and the way those rumors had been bandied around, it almost became like a meme. So I, I was guilty of just dismissing those rumors because of the way it was bandied around, mm. and I'm sorry for doing that really am uh because i should have taken it seriously um but that absolutely broke me like that girl what she's gone through but the way she's kind of approached this like fuck me like there's some inner strength there like i i kind of couldn't believe 
the way she was able to proper to, nails yeah to write about this the way she was able to kind of be quite articulate in the way she wrote about it and mm. it, it was kind of unbelievable to be honest but that just the ah the thing with that one right and i'm getting quite emotional even speaking about it right the thing i don't understand with that so there is a guy who was a known abuser right and it sounded like was kind of ribbed for being an abuser and spoken about right but then they wanted to rib this abuser so the people who were part of this rib voluntarily became abusers themselves like what kind of fucked up shit is that like I don't know if there's another discussion about like the culture of ribs and what is acceptable as a rib that needs to be had as well. Because if they decided to ruin potentially a 16 year old girl's life in order to rib a promoter that there are plenty of allegations against, yes. I don't want to get libeled here. So I'm trying to choose my yeah, words that's carefully. That's accurate. Uh, then, like, I hope those involved in that have taken a good hard look in the mirror and have looked at what they voluntarily involved themselves in because it's fucking vile. It's absolutely vile. And you know what? Fair play to what, what was the girl's name, JP? I can't remember. Um, I just knew you as kitten on, yeah. uh, mm. on Twitter and on there. Yeah. Like fair play to her for the way she came forward with, with what she wrote because the way she did it fucking hell. I, I can like yeah uh, honestly seriously commendable on her part and i i just i feel for her in a big big way yeah that that was a big one that 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 was like that was the one that like it was like okay there are individual allegations that we're seeing about lots of people and to speak to kind of what you were going to say before, JP, about like, you know, our audience, our audience, uh, there might be people in our audience, we have got a very white, very male audience, who are listening to individual cases about the favourite wrestlers and going, ah, but you know, you know, there's two sides to a story, that type of stuff, you know. There's going to be people who don't believe certain cases in this. I kind of get that on some level, it's human. I've done it, at least at first. But at the same time, it's like the the overall overwhelming variety of these stories. Like there's there's very serious stories, there's less serious stories, there's very obviously credible stories. There's stories that if people have bad intentions, they're going to pick apart and and claim to be you know incredible stories. But I beg of those people to just to to listen to the 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 scope of these allegations and, and you know, mm. to I think listen is the big word, you know, rather than, than shout down, people make these allegations. Cause that poor girl, you know, like you said, she goes by kitten on Twitter. Even she was getting shouted down. You know, I saw that in her replies on Twitter and like this girl came out and made, uh, made allegations about, you know, Marty scale was named, Ryan smile was named, Dan Edler was named various. Like it was, it was a laundry list of people around in and around IPW UK, James Davis, who's had, allegations in the past as well that poor girl came out and was strong enough to name all of those names and to tell you know and again we we range from very very serious allegations in a story to less serious allegations but she was willing to tell those stories and put herself out there and the bit that really broke me about that story is like one it's got so many echoes of it's grooming it's grooming gangs it's it's rochdale it's 
did you know it was probably Oxford. written off as just ah there's just this girl you know she 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 fancies the wrestlers like that you can imagine them them justifying that to themselves it's like you know she's she's the one with the power here she's you know she she could have any fella she wants and justifying it to themselves why a 16 year old girl and younger when she was first hanging around with them just it was a given that she was in these situations with these grown men like that that being normal should be eye-opening to anybody but the over the overwhelming story there is just it's heartbreaking it's a really that would that is a it's right that we we all heard it and you know god bless her for coming out and being strong enough to to put the story out there but that's the one that's there are there are so many bad stories here but i'm totally with you with you joe and that is the one where it i think it really explains the scope of this issue and even the people who want to hide behind you know protect you know oh well you know it it could be lies oh oh well yeah well i, I don't believe this i like this wrestler i bought his t-shirt therefore he must be telling the truth like mm. that's the story where it's like come on i mean there is clearly clearly an overwhelming issue here and it's it's bigger than than even wrestling this is at the end of the day based on those allegations that's grooming that's what that is that is that is some that that in any other industry is major major news and major scandal and just just absolutely horrible to to read about you know the, the things that poor girl went through yeah and there's no evidence that suggests that this is in any way a 60 40 50 50 type of things the amount of rape allegation uh, the amount of rapes that aren't um, ever recorded down mm. to a variety of issues on this. And the statistics are, are in, ridiculous. You're talking something in the region of 4% are allegations. Mm. Some of the responses at points, and I try not to look at the responses for it, but the people who would shout down that, I mean, absolutely fucking disgusting and vile. Um, absolutely fucking vile. And their attitude is... Like anyone whose attitude is, yeah, but I like the wrestling, and therefore this is kind of an accepted part part of that it is ridiculous. I mean, I, I was just thinking back. Sorry, going back to that story, and with so many of the stories as well, the idea of the kind of code of a murder that so many of these wrestlers have had, thinking of the feeble responses, and that's the politest way of putting that mm. that we've kind of read and seen with no culpability talking about oh but it's legal like that is any kind of a fucking argument in any way shape or form all of it protecting what hmm. like re- like ultimately what what they were protecting was a boys club and it seems to me that they viewed women as like well we get shit pay and this is part of the perks of the job and we get to do this and this is how we get to behave and what they would do is talk a fucking brilliant game beforehand and uh, about that but ultimately just like kind of completely fucking vile. And it really is like this kind of learned behavior that's also gone through it. The amount of time that this has been allowed to go on for. And then you read about younger trainees and you see what some of them have done. And it's, it's horrible because you see young men brainwashed into thinking this is all right because Mm. this is my trainer and it becomes this kind of horrific sort of it's like instead of learning wrestling you're doing effectively a course in toxic masculinity 
But then at the same time, I suppose that's a thing as well, because, you know, is the trainer going to give you your break? Is the trainer going to recommend you for shows? Are they yeah. the contact? Are they the person that you need to get in line with in order mm. to get get that break? And yeah, those trainers, the, well, the plenty of them are irresponsible, are immoral and are fucking sleazes and have yeah. taught people just terrible terrible like terrible attitudes towards women but also terrible attitudes towards the industry and it's sort of just it's almost like a trickle down effect isn't it because mm, this is yeah. this starts at the top and trickles down especially in this country well this is where you kind of get into the story that's just broke i think at time of recording within about the sort of the last hour and a half um whereby like there is um apparently movement to closing the loophole in the um, legislation that's been going to be amending a sort of loophole of trainers working with um, young people and minors and about the kind of level of checks and what are going to be required for that, which is really what so much of this comes under. And that's the solution side of it is kind of, it's like everyone needs to take a responsibility, including the likes of us as well. Um, but like across the board, there is this kind of political element that needs to happen within this. There is this kind of inst- institutional structural change that needs to happen from within wrestling. Um, whilst at the same time, um, the prosecution side of it, because part of the problem of so many of these things sort of not going to course and the court and the shockingly low rates of convictions for people in this is is awful because the system seems set up designed to punish victims and to make them go through all manner of kind of seriously traumatic um like horrific factors it, it's like it, it's I don't want to say like the game is rigged again but it does feel that way and and the kind of the level of change and the scale of change is something that we kind of need to get on. And, and and I know this is kind of on the much bigger issue. We like, you know, a few weeks ago, we speaking about Black Lives Matter and you're talking about these large systemic societal battles that we kind of have. This is another one. And there was obviously me too. And I don't know kind of what happened, but sometimes with these movements, uh, effectively with movements, um, they can kind of, effectively trail off and i think at times then some of the bigger stories take over the kind of headlines for this this can't be allowed to happen can't have like a distraction of a story that kind of takes away from this it's a case where there is a kind of duty and responsibility i think across the board of people looking at it because if you love wrestling and we wouldn't have done this for three and a half years if we didn't love wrestling this is not the way you kind of want wrestling or your fandom to ever like this is not the way that it that it kind of should be ending and there is something that's worth saving for people yeah and, and like to your point jp like the legal side of things like as you say there is work going in to determine that you know obviously there is a clear loophole there that like it being legal for an adult to engage in sexual activity with a child who they're training or teaching when that child is 16, 17, and, you know, for for the inte- for, for all intents and purposes, for, for safeguarding and for, you know, I mentioned on BWE, you know, my real-life job does involve DBS checks. You know, a child is somebody under the age of 18, and it does... You know, there's a lot of things that go into how different sports are regulated, but even with, like, the loophole that we've 
that that ex- the loopholes that exist now, wrestling is still even further outside of those loopholes. Like the biggest example, like the Travis Banks Millie McKenzie story. Like Travis Banks as a thirty-something-year-old man meets this sixteen-year-old trainee. Through his words and her words, they're in a relationship when she's seventeen years of age. And in wrestling, that's just normal. That just goes on. Oh yeah, Travis and Millie are a couple. Maybe it's the secret, in some ways, the secret thing that he obviously tried to shield from public knowledge. Although I've got to be honest, from wrestlers I know, I'd heard that story before that they were an item. You have to believe, you know, lots of people around that Fight Club Pro School were aware of that. And it just kind of just happened. And a big part of the reason why that's allowed to happen in wrestling is Fight Club Pro aren't going to be registered under any kind of safeguarding rules there's no local authority looking after to fight club pro or or wrestling in general like if 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 travis banks was training literally any other sport pretty much they would that would count as what's called regulated activity he would be working in regulated activity training minors because as with most wrestling schools what seems to happen is you don't get you know, and I saw Voices of Wrestling get some grief about this, talking about, you know, separating child groups from adult groups. That doesn't happen in wrestling. It happens in every other sport, but it doesn't happen in wrestling. The they 40... got grief for suggesting that. Yeah, I, I mean, I get some of it, because some of it's like, you know, we're blaming... At the end of the day... You're blaming the victims and yes, not the trainers the and their pe- behaviour. The pe- at the end of the day, the person responsible for this is Travis Banks, and it's the people like Travis Banks. But there is a reason that in sports... That that the it's dealt with separately. Like you have you'd have a children's class, you maybe have an adult class, and where there is going to be crossover, like football, there's going to be a 16 year old Wayne Rooney who's ready to play with the adult team. There's going to be a 17 year old who's ready to play with the adult team. You know, there there are bits of legislation that cover that too, where you know you need a certain level of check to for DBS checks, for example, to do a role like that too, because technically there are still children in the class and they need to be looked after and safeguarded away from people who will purposely take those types of roles to abuse that role and abuse that position of trust and the problem with wrestling is like none of that's taken into consideration that you know fight club plow aren't registering the fact that travis banks is training lord knows you know how young you know some of those trainees could have been never mind just merely at 16 and 17 not just travis banks either any wrestling school across the country i will guarantee you 13 14 15 year olds are turning up to training and getting trained in big groups with adults and the problem is because it's not treated like the serious situation it is that, a, that an adult has responsibility for people who are, in the eyes of the law, children. When it comes to things like this where a Travis Banks is, you know, based on the allegations, breached his position of trust, it can't be dealt with as seriously as the situation would be dealt with when it's any other sport. If this was any other sport, Travis Banks could be barred from ever working again in regulated activity with children or adults. The problem is you'd have to prove he was already he was working in regulated activity when he when he got in his relationship with Millie McKenzie. And because wrestling's a wild west, and I'm sure there's no paper trail, and I'm sure there's no account of, you know, the different people they had coming and going from that training school and who Travis Banks was looking after, it, it there's there's no real to us morally we can look at it and say, yeah, Travis Banks is in a position of authority there. But it wasn't managed like a position of authority should be. Fight Club Pro mm. can't go to their local authority and to their local council or whoever oversee with 
in this fictional world oversee wrestling and say, yeah, we had this trainer, he was working in regulated activity with children, and this has happened, you know, we didn't know about it, therefore, you know, there needs to be a proper investigation by the, by a local authority, never mind just the police, into the fact that Travis Banks has had this relationship, um, this alleged relationship with somebody who's underage. None of that takes place because it's entirely the Wild West and outside of what would be normal regulated behavior in any other sport or activity and that's where you know you get your allegaros coming in you know the allegations against him of having relations with uh, with the trainees over the years as far as i know none of the allegations are directly but again getting to that technical side of things he didn't technically you know have uh, a relationship with a child at any point but he absolutely you know to his own statement had relationships with people who were his trainee people who were 16 17 18 people he was in a position of responsibility for and because it was just this you know this pop-up wrestling school that he was looking after and because there's nobody from the outside looking in like that just goes on and it's like it's normal it's 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 kind of just seen as oh yeah you know he, he's the trainer oh yeah it's a what a coincidence that the you know the pretty young girl who turned up to training is is now his girlfriend oh yeah a couple of wrestlers backstage might make some jokes about El Aguero. I myself will have heard you know odd stories about that like that from El Aguero. but there is no grown up in a position of authority or no overseeing public body overseeing this to kind of look at it like they would in any other situation in the world and go, actually, Elagero or people like him are in a position of authority here and they've breached it just with their actions of, you know, even 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 the fact that the socialising outside of that school would be frowned upon, you know, in other areas. And I know you guys can, can speak to that side of things too. Yeah, absolutely. And it's where, sorry, JP, I'll let you go in a sec, but it's where there needs to be some sort of, like a governing body or something. Hmm. But, is that going to happen because it's just wrestling yeah and i think that's going to be the approach over and over and the cultural change the scale of the cultural change and the scale of the the change of mindset that needs to take place for that to happen is like i'm like fucking mad when you think about it like i almost feel like most of the old promoters most of the people who have been promoting wrestling in this country almost need to just go need to give it up at this point and just hand it over to people who are maybe a little bit more, how can I put it, a little bit more savvy and a little bit more um, Aware of this. educated. Yeah. yeah, Well, yeah, educated in terms of, like, I don't know, how to run something with some sort of public, local yeah. authority kind of influence as well and how you set that up. Because until that is in place, I I. I don't want wrestling to run in this country. I don't want it to exist in this country. Mm. And this is coming from someone who like, loves wrestling in a British wrestling podcast. Like, yeah, there are some other issues that we'll get. I want to get into about what you spoke about, Benno, but JP's got a couple of points he wants to make as well. Oh, no. I mean, it, there's, there's so much. I don't know. When I'm thinking about the, the kind of the level of the training scores, I, I was actually thinking about what Jamesy said about the idea of, the socialize the socializing aspect and having Minnie McKenzie round their house and like that those kind of level of, of interactions. Do you remember we I, spoke about that, JP, like at the time and it was going on? Like I think there was a New Year's Eve party at that like Fight Club Pro shared house in Wolverhampton that we yeah. were sort of aware of and like she was there. Well, I think she was like seventeen at the time. And it was like and in my mind I was like 
she's not got any of her own mates. Like, she's not got any mates her own age. But it had been so normalised, and I suppose there was a, a, a grooming process of sorts that took place that normalised her being there to herself, possibly to uh, her peers and those around her. And it's like, it's moments like that, that I don't know, you, you look at it and you go, fucking hell, this really was in plain sight. And this should never have been normalized. This should never have been allowed to be normalized. Sorry, JP. I was going to say, do you think part of some of the reason why it's normalized is we saw her wrestle these guys? Oh yeah. I was going to come on to that. And that's the kind of thing. So we saw that. So we kind of thought, well, they've got this kind of, you know, like some sort of mythical relationship in the ring. Therefore it kind of transcends it and it's closer to a kind of brotherhood and sisterhood and, and, and people connecting like it's the kind of traveling circus and they're all part of this traveling circus. And you assume that there's a few fucking responsible adults and there appears to have been none yeah. um, in this. And yeah, it, well, is that because Travis Banks' immediate boss is one of the biggest fucking cowboys of them all in Martin Zaki? It doesn't seem like yeah. protecting minors was uh, was too high on his list of priorities when you see I, some of the accusations against him and the way he ran his, his business, that's for sure. And his Twitter well, account. Yeah. Which is part of the business in this day and age. Mm, yeah, but yeah. Is, yeah. And how did nobody else know? Mm. I mean, sorry, I know that, you know, that, that there's that there are, that, you know... That, we, we don't want to be sort of blaming other people really other than the abusers, but that's always something I end up coming to, particularly the kind of nature of that promotion mm. and all the people who are kind of tied in with it and how it kind of has its tentacles kind of all over the place. You hear other stories of things going on in Wales and it's going on everywhere. It seems to have been going on in every kind of, of, of training school throughout oh. this. Uh, and, and thinking back to that as well, I mean, something that, that you know, me and Joe teach, safeguarding rules are kind of put in place obviously they're there to protect the young person the minor it's also there to kind of protect you as an employee because what you're doing is you're setting the boundaries of what the relationship is between you and them so you're setting out so for example if i need to speak to a student i have to make sure that there is a window into the room so other people can see in there as well at the same time i don't go into rooms without like on my own with a student like mm-hmm. i don't i don't do it i make yeah. sure that i am with another we've, member of staff in that room yeah we, we've kind of got another member of staff who kind of works more on that side of things and, and you would you would have them in the them in the room as well and you have to make sure that you're taking notes of this minute of what is discussed in there as well and you're speaking and you have to make sure you know what the procedures are of what you would go on for next steps and various other things and it's kind of normalized practice for us because we work in a very heavy regulated industry. And therefore, this is part of the kind of normal, normal practice. And none of this is there. And kind of what makes it worse is it's not a case where, oh, it's the normalized practice that stops you from doing it. It's the fact that they were doing it, that they had kind of like kind of said to themselves that this is absolutely fine and that this is how it is. And maybe this is how wrestling has always been. And this is how you're kind of protecting the business and the other stuff and the kind of mythology that surrounds wrestling mm. and wrestlers in particular that they want to believe more than anyone else. And, you know, and it's all this stuff happening in plain sight. I think of the parties we went to at Fight Club Pro I and mean, I oh went to two. Oh, my God. 
I went to two, and I'm. I I, 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 I stayed second like, bite. Yeah, yeah. One of them, my brother spilled loads of beer over Jordan Devlin. I think you know what? Good on him. <laughs> At yeah. this point, like he spilled beer on the right fucking person. Yeah. But I'm I'm so glad that we didn't go to those parties as a regular thing. But looking back on them as well, like just the the barriers that weren't there. Yeah. There were no barriers like there were clearly like Saw millie mckenzie in that club when oh she was 18, yeah. I, yeah yeah i remember seeing her dancing in on the like before she was 18 in there and thinking oh that's a bit weird because she wouldn't be allowed into a into a nightclub but this is kind of like being in a nightclub and i remember that occurring to me like i went to two of them and i didn't drink at either of them um so i've got quite a clear memory of being at them and just sort of getting quite a weird vibe about it. Like, they weren't me on any level at all. But I got weird vibes, but at the same time for, oh, I suppose this is an excellent marketing idea because you get people to invest in the promotion more. But fucking hell, it wasn't a marketing idea, no. was it? It was like, I don't know, like a fucking party for wrestlers to basically try and pick up younger trainees and younger female fans by... Mm-hmm. Well, judging by what's come out in the last couple of weeks, and you just think back and you think it was so fucking obvious with the knowledge we've got now. Yeah, it was just so obvious all along yeah. what the game was there. Fight Club yeah. Pro is like the example, isn't it? Like that that promotion can't. I listened to Will um, with uh, with Rich Fan on the on the torch, like and, and as Will's put a couple of times, like Fight Club Pro. It is literally the issue. Like, it is um, emblematic of the issues here. And Fight Club Pro can't come back. It can't come back. No what, what, what no is way. What is Fight Club Pro if it's not the, the wrestling promotion where, one, there's these after parties where wrestlers and fans mix. They all stay at the same hotel. You know, I've stayed at the, the, the hotel where, you know... Uh, there have been allegations um there's there's mixing there there's the whole merch table thing where where fans and wrestlers couldn't be any closer together the promoter has allegations about him and you know the promoter martin zaki and the allegations about him he's using literally as we said before the promotions twitter account to make contact with with female fans there's like we said the massive allegation against travis banks that led to him being sacked by wwe just like uh Ligero was um you know all you know fight club pro there, there are wrestlers who work for fight club pro regularly who are you know implicated in all of this that entire culture of fight club pro, fight club pro kind of sum up the Brit res boom, don't they? In a lot of ways, like they they encapsulate it over you know from twenty fifteen to to twenty eighteen and 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 into now, but they also sum up like the absolute problems with Brit res and like there is there isn't a world where like Fight Club Pro for me continues after this because it is literally it's quite clearly the best example of this issue. I don't know anyone could go if they come back. I don't know anyone could go to one of their shows with a clear conscience. Yeah. Like, and I know that's quite harsh and quite judgmental because you know I'm judging probably innocent people who you know played haven't got any allegations against them on this. But fucking hell, like I wouldn't want to go near near that promotion ever again. Let, like after this, I don't want to talk about that promotion mm. ever again. Mm. Like I think let's put the nail in the fucking coffin and let them fucking die because. Man, just the uh, you know, I'm getting flashbacks of those parties now, and I'm getting flashbacks of even the like I was talking to JP about something I remember seeing at the 
one of the carrot after parties and i wasn't under in, in that main party bit i was just stood out with do you remember us guys were stood out the back having yeah, a good yeah, chat yeah. The, the old man corner yeah. yeah, the old man corner. Yeah, yeah. the uh, the have a sensible chat corner. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. Arn and Will and um, and Jamesy. Yeah, just you just be like, yeah, this partying stuff is for the youngsters. But I do yeah, see a yeah. few points. But I just think back and I can remember seeing like you know like little things and you your mind starts wondering, thinking, fuck, like what happened that night? Do you know what I mean with that person? And yeah, it, there's a sense of guilt that is kind of. I don't know, quite organic that comes along with that to some extent. But I just think the party culture that was established around British wrestling also has to go. Mm, like yeah. it's, it's, it's got to go. And if I was a female fan, I don't, I, I would, I would be afraid. I'd be scared to go to shows at this point, knowing what the intention of those wrestlers has been previously when they've seen them at shows. Like, yeah, it's just a, uncomfortable position to be in mm-hmm. and ah uh, yeah I, sorry i'm losing my train of thought talking no, about no. it because yeah it's it's it wasn't good and i i wish that we sort of made more light of that at the yeah. time and had more more knowledge of that and a bit more awareness of it yeah yeah and we gotta we gotta think obviously we recognize it now but we've got to recognize that fact that like the, we're mm. talking our experience of going these shows is you know three males and like the experience of women both in wrestling and going to wrestling shows, those experiences are the ones, you know, we've, we have to listen to now and we, we should have been listening to, but absolutely now we need to spend mm. some time to listen to the stories that these women come out with and the, the, the situations that women have been put in because of wrestling, both, you know, trainees and both fans, you know, at after parties and, you know, the wrestlers sliding into DMs, all of that side of stuff that we can, willfully pretend doesn't exist and has been reality you know for a lot of people they, they, you know wrestling yeah. has not been a safe space for women like a a big a, an example that kind of really stuck out for me from all of these stories um there, there's a, a northwest wrestler lucy sky and she's like mm. uh she was you know she bravely came out and and talked about the fact that you know she'd been her family were back when I was both training at GPW and going to the shows as a fan. Her family were basically a big family from the local area who'd come to all the wrestling shows. So she's someone who'd been coming to wrestling shows from a very, very young age with her family. And you know, as she got into teen years, as she explained on Twitter, she she you know started to get involved with wrestling, started to train. I believe she trained at RWA, where there are a, a litany of allegations. The training school is now shut down. And um, there's a story in the Liverpool Echo about that today, and um, that I would implore people to go and check out. So there's that side of things as well. But the the specific allegations she made, she made. Um, two allegations, one about Josh Bowden, one about Alex Cyanide, who was Crater um, on ITV World of Sport. And, you know, the specifics of these allegations, even aside, like it was really, really clear from, from, the, from her story that this young girl at, you know, 12, 13 years old is already getting targeted by male wrestlers. There's already male wrestlers jumping in her messages and, you know, based on the allegations, doing more serious things than than jumping in her messages. But then, you know, through it, through the years when she's 14, 15, a bit like you know, Melinda McKenzie, you know, she, she mentioned, you know, Travis Banker's getting the headlines, but she mentioned when she was, you know, 16, she had issues as well. 
It just yeah. seems to be like this. this... Iron Fist wrestling. Iron yeah. Fist, that's the it. The trainer yeah. said he was going to leave his wife for her. That's right, yeah. Just... 16 years old having to deal with that and fucking these shit. These young girls. Jeez. Like, I, I, you know, as a 21 year old decided I wanted to get involved in wrestling and I got in and I got out unscathed and it was something. Thank oh, yeah. fucking God. I'm glad I left, <laughs> to be honest. But you know what I mean? I've got that privilege and that is the word privilege that I could try it out, wasn't for me, and I left. And what it seems to be from these allegations, and bear in mind, this is the. This is the tip of the iceberg for the allegation. The allegations that we've seen are the allegations that have made it as far as Twitter. There are probably hundreds, nay, thousands of women who've tried to get involved in wrestling, not just in Britain, but, you know, worldwide, who aren't telling these stories on Twitter, who've stuck around for a couple of weeks. And then based on, you know, stories that the likes of Lucy Sky has told and other female trainees have told and other female wrestlers have told, like, it just feels like these male wrestlers treat it like like it's a meat market like it's i hate using this term but you know like that laddie fresh meat kind of term that oh you know here's a new girl and then all of a sudden she gets you know a dilulge of a of attention from these men in their mind it sounds like it's like a wrestling school slash brothel or something doesn't it to some extent and you know or a strip club with you know the extra benefit of going the extra mile because you know you've got this power over them Mm. in some way as well and you've got the ability to be able to groom and make promises i suppose and yeah that is one of the the fundamental issues with it that 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 is the thing that you know bothers me massively like it feels like men in wrestling uh, or a lot of men in wrestling look at women in one way mm-hmm. in one way and it it seems like it's from the promoters to the wrestlers through to the referees like it just seems like at commentators it's across the board onus and yeah, yeah that is that's what i just i can't get my head around and that Lucy Sky story, the one about Bodum, ah, oh, fucking hell! Mm. Again, like Jesus Christ! I, like I don't, I don't really even want to say it because it just it it's upsetting to hear it. But fuck me, just yeah, I'm angry when I'm saying it. Yeah, uh, just disgraceful, absolutely disgraceful. Poor fucking girl. Like, is she still wrestling, Beto? She is. Yeah, she must have some fucking strength to still want to carry on with this seriously and mm. persist with this and fair play to her because, you know, she might be on the are. cusp of actual change at this yeah. point. You, you'd argue every woman involved with wrestling, because it's just hard to think that, that at some state that, that none of them have received any kind of like unwanted advances at the very, very least. It just seems to be so endemic across the board. Mm. It'd be present in every kind of training school for that being the case. Mm. And it's, yeah, like you, you mentioned, it's about how women were viewed and it's kind of, and this is where you kind of, uh, you know, we talked earlier on about kind of what our, what we want to do and kind of our responsibilities and the stuff that we've thought about and, and answer. We don't want to kind of, you know, be really navel gazing about it, but there was a very good chance that a few of us, that we wouldn't be podcasting again as a result of this. Like it kind of felt that way. Um, about just how the scale of horrific it was, the fact that, you know, the kind of close personal relationships, like, which are, I say close personal relationships, it, it, you wouldn't necessarily say friends as people you would hang out with at shows who just happen to be wrestlers at times. 
and I feel like the biggest mark in the world, frankly. And I, I suppose I behaved like one, uh, but it's more in the kind of orthodox con man type, like kind of meaning of the word mark. Cause that's how you buy your cover is you convince everyone that you're a lovely guy at the same time to all the male wrestlers. And you kind of think, Oh, this guy's really cool. And then this is kind of part of what the cover is provided. And, and as part of it, you mentioned about how, how women have treated as well. It's like, it's also the, the women fans were viewed as only ever wanting to be there because they wanted to sleep with wrestlers. Not that they could like wrestling in their own right or anything else like that. And I know that, you know, something that we've spoke about as well is more female voices on the podcast that we do. And that's something, you know, that we take really seriously. And it's something that we want to be doing from now on. We kind of felt that for this, we wanted our response to kind of be there um, for this show. But that's something that, that we're kind of looking at because the overall voice of women have been completely marginalized within the industry yeah, as well. Yeah, we're And... Yeah, and and the kind of his things around the fan culture anyway, and this kind of closeness and the rest of it. I wonder whether or not you kind of almost need to treat it like theatre, um, in a sense where you're not going to go harassing the actors afterwards hmm. or anything along those lines, like where there is that kind of lines of of separation. And got to put the, the, the ticket prices up though, mate. That that's got to happen. If I, that's going to happen. Yeah, and I think that I think that's going to happen. It's got to happen, think, and I think it's going to happen. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of this happens because the margins are so low, and that's how corners are cut, and that's where the expectation that stuff isn't there because there's a real there's like the thoughts must be well the promoter's not going to be making much money from this, so the idea of cutting corners is like part of it, and you're getting in people to do jobs they're not qualified for. Now we've seen that with a lot of the restructuring of the company stuff that came out, where people came out and tried a quick fix solution without ever thinking. So we're putting a safeguarding officer in, and we're going to pick our female trainee to do the safeguarding officer. And it's like, what a position to put people in. It's like, <laughs> hey, we're going yeah. to promote a woman for the sake of being a woman. And then what we're going to do, uh, like, as cover for themselves. And then afterwards, it's not about, like, well, do you have any experience with safeguarding? No. Like, you're not, you're going, well, you're going to, there's training courses we can do. It's not even like a kind of job requirement to be in charge of safeguarding, that to have people who have safeguarding qualifications. And that's no slight on the people who've been put into this position from the companies and really been begged to do it. But it's, there's no thought that's gone into this. Well, the thing is with the safeguarding stuff as well, obviously we have to deal with it at work, JP. Mm. But I wouldn't have really learned anything about safeguarding if it wasn't for working with people who work directly in safeguarding. Mm. So, you, like, think about, um, well, I'll just say your girlfriend, for example. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Like, uh, it works directly with safeguarding stuff, right? You learn stuff from people who work in safeguarding. If you just go and safeguard an officer, no experience, eh? Like, so they're learning on the job, have they got a peer that's sort of teaching them the job and informing them on safeguarding? I haven't seen anything about that. If I, I'd hope they have, because like I, I, I get trying to make moves, but make the moves and think about the person you're putting in that position. Cause also that's a hell of a lot of responsibility for that yeah. person you put in that position. And if that person's going into it with no experience and they've got no, no, um, person of experience educating them and helping them in some way 
then they're fucked. I could not do the job that I do if it wasn't for people helping me on the job and showing me various things I have to do on the job. It's the same in any job. You can't expect someone to just be launched into this job with so much responsibility after, you know, the revelations about an endemic issue with sexual abuse in wrestling and it's something to do the job with no no proper peer alongside them mm. with experience to help them. Yeah. That doesn't feel like it's been fought through. That feels it feels very reflective of what's going on and I'm gonna make it political with the fucking government right now, where it feels like it's PR ahead of well, public health in the government's case, but this feels like it's PR ahead of responsibility and proper safety of employees and independent contractors that they're going to employ for their shows. And that needs to be sorted out. Like I said earlier, if you're going to diversify, brilliant. Make a proper commitment. Don't release a T-shirt with a fucking rainbow flag on because that's not diversifying properly, okay? That's looking to diversify from a PR standpoint and from a profitability standpoint. The stuff that goes in the background, uh, you know, the stuff that we don't see, that's where they need to properly diversify and that's where they need to put systems in place to show that they are properly committed to that. Yeah, and to, and to both of your points there, like... The, the easy, and I, I'm guilty of it myself, like w- something I found really affecting was when we did BWE and Emma was talking about how easy it is, like from a male point of view for men to just go, you know what, let's just get a load of women in, they'll sort it out for us, we can walk, yep. like you said before JP, you know, that thought has come to mind, you know, do we even want a podcast about this? Like, it would be easy to just walk away and not and not talk about this because that that's that's kind of our our male privilege in this situation. And like, even when you know Emma said that on the podcast about oh yeah, you know, the, basically the fucking cheek of men to think that these women who've been marginalised and abused by this industry to expect them to to magically just drop in and and save the day. Like, it might be tempting to say, and I said it myself, you know, I've said myself, you know, oh, just just put women in more positions of responsibility. Like, that's some magic fix. And the men who've created this environment and are responsible for a lot of the problems in wrestling from, you know, large-scale issues to, to low-scale issues can just, can just walk away off into the sunset and the women are going to sort it out for us like that. That is a really important thing, I think, in this conversation. That, like, yeah, you know, like, mm. like you said, JP, you know, we have to hold our hands up ourselves as as podcasters, you know, with our platform for maybe not using it, you know, in in ways that we could have, and we are going to try and put things in in place to to resolve some of those issues. Maybe we'll talk about before the end of this podcast. But it's mm. just it's the response, even just the fact one listening to these women who are coming out to. You know, amplifying the voices of these women who are coming out. But three, yeah, you know, I think it's it's the responsibility of of men in this industry to to not walk away from this and and leave you know the fixes and leave the the problems to just oh yeah we'll just put this woman in a responsibility and position of responsibility and she can sort it for us and she can sort this issue for us. Like this is something that those are the types of things that I think men need to take responsibility for as well in this that we are absolutely culpable um and really oh yeah there's a lot of responsibility there yeah and i don't it's not an option to sit by the sidelines for this 
it's kind of cut like really it really is for the, like in in this way it's kind of cut or it's kind of cut and dried really isn't it and it's it's this isn't how you know change is hard and it's going to kind of require kind of like a big kind of unified effort for if we want it to be good and it's going to require like obviously like you know as men we've got the heavy lifting on that and to the audience of men out there like it it goes down to the kind of simple things what we think are kind of microaggressions thinking about the conversations you're having with your friends and you just think it may put you in an uncomfortable position but do that and it's and it's a case where it requires serious thought to the kind of listening to the victims and like you said before but that's the big thing it's listening and we want to help like as part of it and i suppose you mentioned again about sort of culpability i kind of wonder at times about like kind of some of the victims like whether or not you would kind of hear people like us talk maybe in a kind of derogatory way about a match and not realizing the sheer hellish circumstances they have to get to to even get to the place where they're allowed to have a match on the card hmm. and it's like those kind of things that really hit there as well and it's you know and saying i told you so and making nonce jokes fuck off with that you're not helping you're just looking for attention on that shit childish bollocks um it means like horrible converse it means difficult conversations with people it means thinking about your behaviors like those, those kind of interactions are like, are you making the other, are you making like women feel uncomfortable? Like it, it's things like that. It requires looking at things at the kind of most basic level and thinking to yourself, like, I don't want to be supporting wrestling with this going on. I don't, I don't want that for kind of fucking industry. And it's something I've been watching since I was about what first images of, it, I can remember about six, seven years old. I'm 41 now. Like there's a lot of time and investment and then love for like kind of wrestling in its purest sense. And I don't want to be part of a fuck. I don't want to be supporting any kind of industry that promotes this, you know, much in the same way that, you know, you don't want any kind of society where women are having uh, being abused. I, you don't want that. And it's kind of our job to speak up when we see that stuff going on. Yeah. And, th- and to listen to the right people, like, you know, the likes of, it's the likes of Sierra Loxton, Leanne Marie, Lucy Openshaw, Alexis Falcon, you know, have been coming out. Mm. And, you know, these are the voices we need to to listen to. I know you mentioned the uh, is it the Burn Sisters who put out uh, there's like a an article they've written that is uh, yeah. There's a blog that they've reposted that they actually written after the Scroobius Pip episode yeah, on the distraction pieces that he'd done. Mm. Um, um, and as a result of that like there was a kind of written kind of response with some kind of practical element and um one of them has experience in this area and like it, fascinating really there's a couple of links that i think we're, we're going to put up as like kind of reading material because that's the other side of it it's about educating yourself and educate and if you're thinking like is this a 50 50 thing there is no statistical evidence for this and if you like kind of statistics you might like science as well so i'm not saying if you don't want to look at the statistic you're a flat earther but i am kind of saying that <laughs> no like that's it like my, my a lot of my job is to look at evidence and you know whether i reasonably believe something's true or not and you know there's elements of human nature where people emphasize and minimize different things when they when two people tell the sto- the, the story two different stories about the the same event but 
you know, and often the cases like this are one person's word against each other, but people don't make things up on this scale. And, you know, uh, no. like is pointed out in, in that article, you know, the, 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 the genuine cases where there are false allegations are, are absolutely, you know, minimal um, in the grand scheme yeah. of things. And when, uh, when you've got this scale of, alleg- of different allegations, like uh, how that can be the first place your mind goes to. And I've seen that be the first place, you know, some people covering this story's mind's gone to. Um, yeah, you need to re- listen to listen to women like that and listen to articles like that. And <laughs> that was kind of going to be a point that we need to, to to listen to, you know, the women who are speaking out in this way. But also, yeah, you know, the likes of... For, to be honest, they've been boo-boys on this podcast and in general on Twitter, the likes of Dan Maloney and Pete Dunn putting the money where the mouth is. Dan Maloney has been... Mm an absolute hero through this um no more of a hero than you know the women i just named but just in you know outright speaking out against you know the likes of martin zaki uh speaking out against glenn joseph um you know who's kind of disappeared at this point uh, the likes of pete dunn who i believe is doing a lot of work who doesn't you know isn't really particularly based in the uk anymore but is doing a lot of work behind the scenes to to put things right um you know they're the they're the types of you know people that we need to be following here like uh you know, rather than the, you know, I've got to be honest. Like, like I say, in the past, we, they're people we might not have listened to. They're people we would. Ah, oh, mate, think about that Pete Dunn, David Starr episode. That you is, look at that now, like, yeah. fucking hell, like, how, how, yeah. how, how much will we completely? And you know, and I suppose the wrestling Twitter bubble in general, and the wrestling hardcore. Ah, no, we were general, we were manipulated and we were worked. Yeah, in a yeah. big way. Like, oh, sorry to interrupt. That's the that thing, the video star of... thing, though. Like you're right because we haven't even really talked about Star, have we? And that's what that's what kicked all this off. Ah, oh, mate, that video of him and Joel Allen and ah, uh, is it is it cyanide? You mentioned earlier. Uh, no, 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 it's, no, it's, no, it's not someone called Big Grizzly. Big Grizzly oh, okay, yeah. sorry. Um, that video, I don't know if everyone's seen it, but that gave me chills. Like I've never felt so worked in my life. Um, it, it made me realize that the entire thing was just a complete act. It was vile. It was disgusting. I can't believe that was, that's the way anyone thinks about women Mm-hmm. And the way that anyone views women, like I said, you guys have both met my girlfriend, right? Imagine the mm-hmm. three of us are in a room and I think that is an acceptable thing to do. And I think that's normal. What sort of culture existed around them that facilitated that as normal, like absolutely vile. And then ended it with a couple of gay slurs as well. Mm-hmm. Just, just fucking disgusting, disgraceful. And, I opened my drawer uh, with my T-shirts in a couple of days later and I saw that independent T-shirt there and it, I just shut my door. Sorry, shut the drawer. It was like, oh, shiver down the spine sort of moment. And, you know, in the past on this podcast, we've spoken about the phrase get in the bin. Uh, yesterday, I got a David Starr T-shirt and two Marty Scale T-shirts and went and put them in the bin. So I was like, it was like an elephant in the fucking drawer. It was like, get the yeah. fuck out of here. Like, this has got to go now. This has got to end. And yeah, I, yeah, we, we were all work. We were all manipulated and we weren't the only people. There was a lot of us who were smartly worked by someone who was fucking smart, but he wasn't smart in the end, was he? And you know what? Grey rape as a term, the word rape is in there. It's fucking rape. I don't care. Like mm. it's 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 rape. Sorry, uh, that that was mm. yeah yeah, and that kicked it all off. Yeah, 
Yeah, that was it, wasn't it? it was the kind of that's what snowballed the entire thing, the the, the star allegation. Like the, he, he not to make light of it in any way, but he wanted to make change in wrestling, didn't he? And you know, through this, it looks like there's going to be change in wrestling, but like what a journey to get there, um, what an awful journey to get there. Like, yeah, the star stuff, JP is just that was. It is hard to take because you 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 know like like Joe said you know you you work to a point you know me and you stood outside his hotel room and and smoked yep. with him at one point you know after a, after a TNT Liverpool show and had a chat with him about politics and I wouldn't say we were friends but you know we're on we're on good terms and you know that was the the first story wasn't it as it was like the this monster like hiding in plain sight is what he was, you know, and it wasn't just us. I know he was close with Will and he did the podcast with Jamesy and just generally like he was, you know, a month ago, David Starr was, was the biggest baby face in, in British wrestling and he got put on a pedestal and we're as guilty as anybody for putting him on that pedestal. Um, and a lot of it was in plain sight as well. You know, the, the, the stuff with, with Bella's ex-girlfriend, you know, a lot of that was, you could see that play out on Instagram, to be honest with you. Like, uh, I don't know if you want to talk oh, too mate. much. That... But the carrot thing I said, I had a flashback about was mm. like, uh, someone I saw, no, I didn't, it wasn't anything like overt, but just mm. little things and body language that I remember seeing. I was and, thinking like, back to the same stuff as well. Yeah. 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 And, and that's it. Like, it wasn't just her. She made an allegation and it's Victoria, his, uh, his ex-girl from, from America who'd made you know the allegation that that's where the you know the quote-unquote great rape allegation came from and there were also serious allegations made by Bella as well and yeah JP like this is someone who, who again we we looked not just as a wrestler that's that's something I want to point out with with David Starr particularly and there are other examples of this it wasn't just like yep. we were saying this is this great wrestler in ring you know we talk him up like he was this great person this great revolutionary this this you know this hero um and yeah, yep. you know, that, that, that's, and the reason that's the why we thought people might have thought he's a bastard is because of the whole unionization thing. Mm. Whereas, really, was that just a gigantic cover story to do what he was doing? Mm. And it bought him cover. Mm. Like, you're thinking in the most cynical terms, but why wouldn't we do that at this point? No, you have to. You, mm. you absolutely yeah. have to. Uh, and, and it breaks my heart, like, even Matt Riddle. Yeah, yeah. that's a big Yeah. Point. And it, it honestly, I, I say that with absolutely like, and I feel awful uh, about that. But you know, just thinking back on it, it, it's just the absolute kind of state of shock. But I don't, I'm not giving anyone the benefit of the doubt mm. on this. Mm. And I, to be honest, it, it's that we're, because, of, like you mentioned, the whole just endemic scale of it, no one gets the benefit of the doubt. Mm. no one mm. and if that seems harsh then fuck it it's harsh mm. but that's how it has to be because mm. it's either that or how it has been before mm. and that's not something that is like I want no part of it and and that's going to be one of the things as well about people quietly getting back in and what do they think that. is kind of them being reformed and you're thinking of that at that very local training school level and if those checks aren't in place and, you know, your fingers crossed that that loophole is closed um, when that bill comes to the parliament, that at that point, you're kind of thinking, right, there, there at least maybe is something concrete in place. Yeah, going back to that as well, from like a sort of how you 
resolve this and put wrestling in place in the UK and you, you set up training schools again, if you're going to have like younger trainees and you mentioned Wayne Rooney, Benno, and I suppose, I don't know, sort of like a Tyler Bate mm. is like uh, the example of like a Wayne Rooney style talent in wrestling was great at 17, but it, you've got to be kind of cutthroat about this. If you ask me at this point, you've got to say no, like you've either got to go, no one below 18 can train to be a wrestler or if you have classes with younger trainees, you have a class for under 18s or you have a class for, I don't know, yep. 14 to 18 and uh, I don't know, 10 to 14 if you want to go there. And you know what? I think about like we would have played football as kids or gone swimming. JP, you would have taken your kids to do similar. Yeah. It's got to be if it's if it was with with minors, it's got to be the kind of setup where the parents are sat watching as it goes on to make sure that those kids are safe. And yeah, somebody else might drop the kids off. They they're in charge as the legal guardian in that in that regard. It might be like you know sharing car space or something. But you've got to have parents there to keep an eye on what is going on. Mm. There can't be any exchanging of things like phone numbers between no. say fourteen year olds and the wrestling trainer. It's got to be via the parent. It's got to be, I don't know, a WhatsApp group that the parents are in and they post updates or an email chain or something. It can't be personal contact. Me and JP cannot contact students personally via, say, WhatsApp or they all use social media. Yeah, Mm. yeah. They can't add us on social media, for example. Mm. Like, I've had students try to add me on social media when they've been, you know, students of mine. And I'm like, no. You're not allowed to do this. We make that clear. That is not allowed. And this has to be employed across the board. Because if you're in a leadership position and you're watching over that stu- that person, that young person, and you're, you're responsible for them, then you've got to lead by example, basically. And that's got to be from, I don't know, from the social media side of things, right through to what goes on in a training class when they're under your watch as well. Because until that goes on... I don't know. I, I I don't want to go back to British wrestling because the whole thing is broken and the whole thing is a fucking disgrace and needs a complete rethink. And yeah, that's the thing. It's it's British wrestling, but you, you can't even go elsewhere because there are issues all over. Like one thing I yeah. one, th- one thing I've kind of been glad of, I suppose I would say, is that we, at least we've seen some action come of of these allegations. You know. David Starr, he's not coming back to wrestling ever. I don't think that, that's kind of my take on it. Um, mm. you, know, you are, we've seen you know WWE over the release Legero, Travis Banks, Joe Coffey suspended. Um, they've taken some action. Jack Gallagher, um, who had I think more than one allegation against them, was was outright sacked. Um, I would assume you know that that's to do with I think I think him maybe making admissions to them. Um, that that's kind of maybe speculation on my part, but it, it's interesting that that happened with him. Whereas you know Matt Riddle, that we just talked about, nothing's happened with Matt Riddle. Um, you know Velveteen mm. Dream is somebody who there's been allegations out for a long time, um, and it doesn't seem like any practical action has been taken on him yet. Although it continues to be rumored, Jordan Devlin, somebody you you know there were allegations of physical abuse from an, an ex girlfriend of his. Progress took the step to suspend Jordan Devlin, but there's been no action from WWE so far. Like the the people that that action has been taken on, like you know, I don't Ligero and Travis Banks getting sacked. 
was glad to see it because I can't see either of them getting work again. Like, I just don't see it happening. I hope not, anyway. Uh, maybe I'll be wrong on that. But that's, you know, there, there are some positives there. But a lot of these stories, like, they're, they're out there. And, you know, there, there were allegations, you know, on the NXT UK side, there was allegations about Wolfgang that haven't been addressed by WWE. Um, again, the Devlin thing where, like, there's every chance... That's that's kind of I think maybe where we come in, but as fans, where there's every chance these the wrestlers who there isn't formal action being taken right now, whether it be a police investigation, um, which I believe some are ongoing in the background, or the companies themselves taking action, I do worry to your point there, Joe, about like some of these wrestlers just sneaking back in the back door. And, you know, I think honestly, I think there's such an aware fan base in this country, and so many people are going to be have felt how we are feeling basically mm. we know that for a fact that there will be an outright rejection of so many guys and i think even if if five years down the line Legero turns up on a show i think it'll be outright rejected still because this this is this is so 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 big mm. this is i think the biggest story that has ever occurred in, in our t- in our time as wrestling fans like what's bigger what is bigger than this? This is endemic sexual abuse. Mm. Like, people bring up Benoit. Benoit was fucking awful. Mm. It was an isolated incident. It was it was one person, right? This is across the board. It's systematic mm. across mm. the board. It's top down. Mm. But this is this is a scandal, right? Mm. And people are not gonna forget this. This is not going away. And it's going to be something that people will be talking about and still mentioning in years to come. And, uh, yeah, it's it's hard to have conversations about, like, reform at this moment uh, when yeah. it comes to individual cases. But there will be an outright rejection of anyone who's been accused of this if they turn back up on a show. Imagine, even if, let's say, AEW signed Marty Scurll, right? Mm. If they come here... I think there will be so much of that crowd that will be so aware of this and will outright reject him. And you know what? Good on him. Jimmy Havoc. That that needs to happen. Yeah, yeah. It's just... You've forgone your right then at that point. You, we, I mean, the, the whole rehabilitation conversation, that's other conversations for other times. It's not like really for now. Mm. Did, but, that, but that is not like working within wrestling. It's like, no, you've forgone your right to that now because you you use your position of power to abuse people for this. Mm. Um, and it's, yeah. Um, sorry, Joe interrupted there during that. Oh no, not at all, mate. Uh, I, 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 there was something I just wanted to come back to if that was all right. Mm. Uh, and it was just about kind of like the reasons why people don't come out and don't speak up on this stuff. And these are the things that we kind of need to remember in, in future. Like, you know, and we need to remember this about the victims for this, about, you know, it's not because they want attention or fame. That isn't the case. Like, I know this is in horribly crude terms, but show me the victim of this type of abuse who's done it for the fame. Like, really, it's 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 it doesn't hold any kind of war or any logic in any any way at all. The idea, though, um, you know, people feel, you know, shame and self-blame and you know they it, it's you they've been humiliated and dehumanized and they don't, may not want to talk about this is why it takes years to come out mm. the retaliation which we have seen and we've spoken about in this podcast and if you're part of that fuck off you've been retaliated as victims and you listen to this fuck off unsubscribe don't want you you prick 
not fucking interested. Um, like, because that's how fucking big a scumbag you have to be. And we mentioned about like, um, about kitten earlier on, like the kind of people giving her abuse, mm. like disgusting, vile human beings. And that all fits within the idea. It's a preconceived narrative. It's about not believing them. Mm. instinctively thinking and, and you know it's a cliche but we don't go to people who've been burgled well let me see what the burglar has to say about this mm. you know you don't ask for their opinion as well for it and go well it's 50 50 who are you going to believe innocent until you're proven guilty no like people have been so brave coming out about this and they are the ones that they have forced this change and i just hope to god it is for the better and it's top to bottom across the board and it requires men behaving themselves. It really like taking fucking action and responsibility for your actions Mate, as a result. It, it, you say behaving yourself. It it it's just it's not even that. It's a yeah, sorry. It's a, it's a mindset thing. It it's, is a mindset thing. Just how you look at the world, how you look at other people, women, like how you look at like trainees, for example. Like it's just changing. A, a mentality and an outlook on what well, on wrestling number one but also on how you just look at people on a human level and how you know there's no equality clearly in british wrestling clearly there's absolutely fucking zero and that's what there needs to be there needs to be a mindset change and people need to think about women who turn up at training schools and female fans who turn up at shows not as fair game they need to think of them as human beings at the end of the day, like the wrestling other lads. Rant- yeah. 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 Wrestling fans who like wrestling and want to, uh, you know, have committed the crime of coming to a wrestling show and being female. <sighs> totally. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was going to go through like some of the, the news that's kind of come out of it. Do you want to do that now? Is there anything else that you wanted to say uh, before I do that? Yeah, one story I would like to quickly mention before we kind of, sort of get on to the the kind of what are the concrete things that have really come out of it is I'd like to mention the story regarding mm. Pollyanna and Will Ospreay. Yeah. Um, because that again was a story that we had heard. And again, it's another one of these stories where you go like we had effectively just thought of it in our minds as sort of he said, she said, um, but the way he had reacted and I'm sure he probably justified it as like, I'm just defending my friend, but he blackballed her out of the industry and he can do some sort of plausible deniability, but we are well past the point of I am thick. That does not work as a fucking argument anymore. How old is he? He's in his late twenties. Yeah. He's not 15. Takes responsibility for his actions. What that kind of punishment is. God knows actually, uh, you know, and in some ways, that's the kind of what's going to happen here. There's going to be that kind of individual choice that we all have to make about people we're going to support and the people that we're not going to support and the reasons behind it. And there's going to be, and, and, and again, it's not really the time for that, but he, he's been fucking awful here and it's not an isolated case. There's kind of a pattern of behavior and he's tried to sort of blag his way out of it. And there are things that he does that are especially carny-like. Hmm. And I'm going to bring up a couple of things that I've read about. Kickstarter for a film and his mum's van. 
what the fuck is that about? Like, that's it's at that point then when you're kind of wondering about that kind of relationship with the fans. But at that point, it's the kind of like pure exploitation of them as well. And I think it, it, in that way, it's just a case of calling them out for it. I don't care how yeah. fucking good his matches are. That kind of... And again, like, I think that's actually one of the kind of more inspiring stories is actually seeing... Pollyanna kind of reach peace with this if it's something that you've been following along with that as well. Not say reach peace, but certainly like I know one of the stories she said that she'd actually been reached out by the person who had abused her and they had kind of spoken of it. And and like at least there's in some small way some element of catharsis. And so I'm kind of personally glad for her on that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think with the Osprey thing, like like you say, he's always gonna justify it to himself as well. I didn't blackball her, I just moaned about it to the point that my trainers, I think the story is, contacted the 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 venue who then contacted the wrestling promotion who then said um, you know, Pollyanna can't be on this show because we don't want what was the company, JP? Is it IWL? Something like that? Yeah, um, I think I want to say International Wrestling League. Yeah, but one yeah. of the ones that basically, yeah, runs out of the Resistance Gallery. And Osprey's enough steps removed from that that he can say you know, I, I'm sure he will you know, I, I didn't have direct knowledge of, of Pollyanna, Pollyanna being blackballed from the industry. And yeah, I think with Os- Osprey's one where I think I'm going to need to be held to account because people in general are. Because I think the thing is, when it's, it's somebody as talented as, as Osprey, and you see it happen in all sports, obviously, this Osprey story, the Osprey side of the story, is not the, it's not the A story. It might not even be the B story. But it, you know, it's it's serious enough, and I think there's going to be a temptation to just it's Will Ospreay, he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. Ah, he's just an idiot. Ah, he's just a kid. But he's not a kid, is he? And like, he's time and time again, like, reacted to these situations badly. Tries to put out these Twitter statements that never shine him in a good light. Even in this last one, like you said, JP outright coming out and go, "Well, you know, I'm just a bit thick." Um, that does come nah. where that's that doesn't hold water, doesn't it? Yeah, it just doesn't wash, does it? Yeah, definitely. So I suppose, like going from there, like I mean, again, yeah, you know, there are so many facets to this. I think we're all trying to still get our head round, and you know, one of those questions is going to be what you do with a, you know, with an osprey, what you do with you know the the people involved here from the you know the, someone we haven't even touched on, you know, a, a Joey Ryan who had like what at least 15, 16 people come out and make allegations against them. It's easy to say Joey Ryan's never going to wrestle again. Oh, man, that whole Joey Ryan thing with the oh. cock as well, it's yeah. just... It, oh, that, Hiding in plain sight. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the most brazen example of hiding in plain sight since, I don't know, Jim will fix it, basically, yeah. isn't it? Let's be honest here. Like, I heard something today about how... There was a WrestleMania where he was paying, where people could pay, yeah. women were paying, to touch his cock. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like, I'm sorry to laugh, but Jesus Christ. Just implausible, isn't it? That, that that's, oh, it's just wrestling. Oh, that's his wrestling character. Like, I, I know, uh, like a female wrestler I know wrestled Joey Ryan. I remember talking to her and kind of going, oh, so you're going to do the dick spot? And she was like, yeah, I kind of have to. You know, that's just that's just what it is. And then she did the match and I watched the clip and you know, the bootplex is in there. I remember watching that thinking that's you know, I, I felt uncomfortable with that being my friend being put in that spot. Lord knows how uncomfortable she felt. 
Um, have you spoke to her about how she felt in the match doing it, or since the allegations have come out? Not since, not recently, no. But at the time, right. I, I know, I know she was uncomfortable. But I know it was just a case of, well, this is, this is the spot. This is what you do in a Joey Ryan match. I think the the thing yeah. I, I remember at the time being uncomfortable about it because I'd see it was on a family show as well, and Joey Ryan was known for doing these spots on shows with kids in the audience. You know, that was you. Do, it was one thing to excuse him when he was doing, and it wasn't right doing this character on adult shows and hiding in plain sight but he was doing this character on kid shows he was doing on his own shows on bar wrestling which is not a thing anymore you know we're about to get into maybe some of the, the concrete news that's come out of this thank god that thing's gone because that was a, a show where it was like an all ages show and again yeah that's one where you know we had this penis party wrestlemania weekend and that was like some hilarious joke like i, I that's one where it is. It really was hard in plain sight, wasn't it? And it's it's kind of hard to uh, to accept. Um, yeah, co- completely. I th- also think bar wrestling, like obviously it says it on the tin there. I, I was thinking as well, and I don't know if this is a bit of an aside, should wrestling even go on in bars mm-hmm. and clubs? And, you know, bars and clubs have been great venues for wrestling, mm-hmm. but they've been part of this boom period and look what's happened during this boom period is the fact that wrestling has been in bars and pubs and these grimy locations like the Starworks or what was the other one that was it the hangar hangar. Mm. yeah yeah and then the 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 places before that like the um oh i can't remember the place beyond with the cages yeah the fiction and there was the other place before that that my mind's gone blank the planet the planet that's the one is that setting for wrestling does that bring with it this sort of behavior because that type of behavior is seen as the type of behavior that might exist in that environment or to some people, not us guys be a norm in that environment as well. And, you know, I just wonder whether if you're predatory, it's the kind of environment where you can take advantage of someone and you're taking the people who are relaxed, wanting to go out and have a good time and watch the wrestling and have a few drinks. And it becomes effectively like an opportunity. Hmm. which is a horrific way of obviously putting it. But, um, yeah. Sucks. It really does. And, yeah, you know, to the bar wrestling point, that's a company that's closed down. I don't think it's going to be the last one. Chikara closed down uh, in light of, you know, allegations on the US side about Quackenbush. I don't know if I... Did I ever see the video? The fucking... He's Abysmal. Oh, I've read about it, but I've not seen it. I didn't actually watch it. Someone linked me to it. And I just didn't watch it. I, did, I didn't want to. I was at a point where I was, I was, yeah, finding out to read up anything about this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was at that point as well. Do you know, like the weekend this was happening? You know, it's not. You know, I was trying. Like, I remember going trying to go to a barbecue at my mum's house, and it was like the mm. mum going to me. What? You know, you seem distracted. How do you even explain this to somebody on the outside? <laughs> you, you couldn't walk away from this, could you? It was. It was like. All encompassing. It was. It was. It, oh. it, it remains all encompassing, doesn't it? Uh, the amount of conversations I had, I had to conversations with my sons, mm. and just sort of go through this and go right. This is, this is like a severe learning like moment. Really, really kind of speak to them mm. about sort of what they're kind of expect. You know how they behave, mm. how they interact with women, mm. and and really having to kind of speak speak to them directly about that speaking to my girlfriend, mm. speaking to my ex-partner about all of this stuff as well and kind of really going in. And then as a result of that, you, you're obviously going to hear, you're hearing lots of other stories at the same time. So kind of like real moment to kind of like, but you explain to anyone in the outside world and it mm. just sounds nuts. Mm. Sounds absolutely fucking loopy. No, really um, 
Are you surprised to bring it up? Cause it's sort of on the point of the outside world. Are you surprised that this hasn't really got any mainstream attention? Well, it's interesting in terms of the platform that it broke on. Mm. You would imagine that to be the case. There's only been kind of minor stories. I imagine if there's kind of it's whether or not it goes beyond the kind of allegation side. It's whether or not it kind of fell into the kind of bubble of where with the comics and the comedy allegations also coming out around the same time that it kind of gets, it kind of almost got kind of swallowed up all in one. So some of the stories I've read about speaking out have been in like kind of general pop culture websites where they yeah, talk, yeah. talked about kind of allegations within the video game industry. Mm. Um, uh, but I have been surprised, but I mean, it, this is where, Twitter really was the kind of only voice because if you were going to expect to go to legitimate journalists about it, how much coverage does this story ever get? Well, do you know one of the reasons I honestly believe it hasn't broke mainstream as well is there's no, so wrestling is part of the entertainment business, right? And you think about me too. And you think about when me too really broke and Weinstein, like you think of the size of well, the literal Mm -hmm. size of Weinstein, but what he is as a figure in that industry and what he is to, to, you know, the press with this, there's not a major star and wrestling, I think is probably viewed as entertainment, but there's not this, this major figure at the crossover figure that's in popular culture. yeah. 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 And I think that is one of the, possible problems you could argue with the way the press operates and the way the mainstream press operates because they haven't got that sort of person who's right at the center of it mm. that can be a figure that is concentrated on possibly mm. I, I don't know yeah. that's just my speculation on it and because it's just so endemic and so far-reaching it then makes this so so hard to report on mm. and you can't go from this almost center point and work through it, if that makes sense, and bring more mainstream attention to some of the smaller stories and smaller incidents. I, I don't know. That's me completely that, speculating on this. At that point, you've got proper sort of investigative journalists kind of yeah. on the case who are going to be kind of following up the stories and allegations and things like that. And then kind of, I'm not saying in a sense you're working in tandem with the police, but they kind of are at that stage. I mean, it'd be and, something I'd love to see. I mean, I think the news about the MPs is very encouraging. And one of the things that has been said and we don't know what the state of affairs is of it, but there has been a lot of movement and things going on within the last week in particular. Um, And you kind of just hope and trust that those, whatever those plans are, that they're going really well. Um, Obviously I think in terms of closing that loop loophole as a kind of really quite solid, actionable piece to kind of chase up, as a campaign, you're kind of hoping that that's the one that kind of succeeds at first. Mm. I think as well, one of the other problems with why it hasn't got that mainstream coverage is just the way the wrestling media works. Like wrestling media, well, it's this is part of wrestling media, you know, mm. with three fans. Do, I sound like Jim Smallman. We're three fans doing a podcast, aren't we, at the end of the day? Whereas you look at, go back to me too, you look at Weinstein. Think about the amount of Hollywood reporters there are, the amount of film journalists, the amount of showbiz journalists, you know. Mm. So, the, you, you know, there's a because stru- connections to the Clintons. Exactly. There's a structure set up. Whereas with this, 
wrestling and media I, again is it something else that needs to change does wrestling need more of a legitimate media that is given more access that can properly report on wrestling i don't know how that works or how that happens but is that the way it gets that that cut through possibly i i think it has to be cut there because what happens is you then can hold companies culpable there's also a level of professionalism that would have to come with it that comes along with the kind of journalistic aspect of it but it's certainly a story that wrestling media is not really prepared for. And, 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 and it's one of these things where it's so enormous and the sheer magnitude of it. And there's been some great work out there from, from, from some people who, who have covered it. But at times, some parts of the coverage has been lacking. Mm. And I think that's part of the nature, like you say, that you haven't got this kind of dedicated, like there's only so many wrestling journalists who kind of make a living out of it. We don't make a living out of this. And, and you know, you're trying to kind of, like, follow the story, yet at the same time, yeah, it, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's so big for them to be able to do it. I keep thinking of that film Spotlight. That was one of the things that kind of always came back to. And you think of that kind of the Spotlight investigative team looking into it. I also thought of the, the quote in it. It's a horrible quote, but 6% of priests. But thinking back to that line where it's like 6% of priests worldwide are abusers. And if you think of the number of priests, there are like going into cities, there could be like hundreds of them themselves, Uh, you know, and then you think within wrestling, you look at the overall percentage of it. And it's kind of that bigger meta issue of how endemic it is. And it's root and branch Mm. and and across the board. Sorry. uh, You know, one of those kind of, so you just look at an industry and you look at the way it needs to reform the media is part of that. And what it does is it would hold companies to account. Yes. And it requires then a grown-up attitude, which I think this boys' culture doesn't allow. No. Because wrestling media are marks who want free tickets. That's what it is. That's, it. that's how they always viewed it. That That's where acting happens. Like, you you need that pressure from from external you know places and from sources. That's what holds these companies uh, to account. I mean, like I said, you know, press time, you know, WWE have released, what, Joel Allen, Chris Roberts because of allegations to do with them. Obviously, Jack Gallagher, Leguero and Travis Banks were also released, as we mentioned, but that's that's the only action we've seen so far there. Um, the NWA have removed Dave Lagana because of allegations against him. AEW have sent Jimmy Havoc to rehab, but haven't taken further action on him, like the allegations against him, but varied and long from you know stories we've heard in the past about you know abusive trainees physically about you know domestic uh allegations uh, a listener of ours uh, dave who i speak to regularly had, had mentioned you know being punched by jimmy havoc in in the world's end after a progress show you know that 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 really hits home as like a, a real situation like jimmy havoc like I don't know if you've got any, any any hot take on Jimmy Havoc, but like I can't believe AW sent him to rehab. Like that is, I wonder if with more media pressure whether mm. they get away with that. Um, maybe I've heard people theorize it's the right thing to do because it gives. You know, we talked about re- rehabilitation that you know maybe isn't the conversation to have now, but I have heard that put forward as. You know, if Jimmy Havoc is, let's say, a suicide risk or a risk to himself or to the the people he lives with, maybe there's a an argument there for for, for taking that action rather than 
outright sacking him. Um, but that is one that, that kind of sits weird with me. I mean, they haven't even taken... They've taken action on Sammy Guevara for his uh, his comments on a podcast um, about uh, Sasha mm-hmm. Banks. They haven't taken any action on Justin Roberts. There's been no real media pressure because of the allegations against Justin Roberts that, that AEW have actually reacted What's to. he done? Um, allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, sorry. I've didn't. Yeah. I I'd missed that bit. Yeah, his name is, has came up in these allegations. Mm, but okay. the, kind of the point is, like, the, the media... There being no real media pressure on AEW to act, they're kind of getting to pick and choose a little bit, I think. I think they've kind of done the right mm. thing with Sammy Guevara. I think that's the appropriate punishment for what he did. He's been suspended for a month and his pay is going to go to charity. That's right. He's had to make an apology both to Sasha Banks directly and, and publicly. That's also right. Um, but yeah, they've kind of been able to pick and choose there a little bit. I don't know if they're, they're maybe mm. getting off a little bit scoff-free here. You could... I, I think they are. Mm. Um, I think the Havoc thing, and you can argue the point of having him into rehabilitation, it doesn't excuse any of the behaviour. You shouldn't be working in wrestling again. Regardless, and it's going to sound brutally cruel, regardless, that anything to do with mental health issues is not an excuse for the things that he has done. Mm. And he has to be, he has to be held responsible. Sorry, I sound awful for that. Mm. And part of that is, is that he cannot be in that kind of position of power within wrestling again. And if that means there is going to be a big struggle, he's going to have to find a different vocation. Then he's going to have to find that vocation. You could argue it's a humane thing to put him into rehab, but I think then you would release him afterwards. Mm. Like that, if that doesn't happen, be fucking angry mm. about it. It'll be bullshit. Mm. I mean, WWE at least seemed, I don't, and there's always gonna be people slipping through the cracks, but there is a vetting process apparently, mm. but obviously it seems to have failed on a grand scale when it came to NXT UK though, doesn't it? So, well, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. There's a real issue there. And yeah. Yeah. Be interesting to see what what happens there next with that. I mean, the other kind of concrete use that has come out, uh, RevPro uh, in general, of you know, it kind of went under the radar a bit. Andy Quilden kind of did a tweet reply rather than an outright statement in mentioning that Andy Boy Simmons was uh, out of RevPro and the Portsmouth School of Wrestling. Uh, the allegations to do with him, I know his names came up um, in, in in some stuff. I think the the main allegation is is that he didn't act uh when a trainee came to him to to make allegations of uh, abuse against another trainee and you know fair play they removed him quickly i've seen on you know it's on company house today that you know uh andy simmons which i think is his real name has been removed as a director of the portsmouth school of wrestling i don't think he, he ever had a, a formal role in rev pro i think he was just on a talent but you know he's been removed from there you know, Glenn Joseph. That was another thing today. There was a uh, again on the on their company house. It was official that Glenn Joseph is no longer um, a, an owner of Progress. We don't really know what's happening with the shares side of things. Um, that, mm. That's a little bit grey. But it looks like John Briley is you know the single as much as you know we can probably talk about the people he's put you know front of house as far as actually ownership goes. He's the only man standing like there to you know. So Glenn's shares gone. To, to Briley don't know you don't know because okay. what happened with Jim was when Jim left 
you know, it was in the accounts that, you know, he was paid for his significant shares. Yeah, yeah. We didn't see that until like a good, you know, a good while later. Yeah. That might that's probably something to keep an eye on because they're not. To be fair, I mean they were clear about you know they they put what it's it's James Amner, Vicky Haskins, Lucy Cave, and it was Michael Oku until Michael Oku had his literate his own um, storm of you know in group chats using language that definitely wasn't becoming of of somebody using using slurs that you know if somebody mm. who's being rushed into this position to be you know the the, the safe. Yeah, to, to cover, you know, the Glenn Joseph disappearing uh, amongst a, a cloud of maybe somewhat vague allegation from uh, from certain parts, uh, from Dan Maloney specifically, um, and not having made the statement himself. He's disappeared, and he's done a runner. And these guys were kind of put front of the house to kind of to take over. But that that is a big thing. We're asking these questions because, yeah, we don't know. We don't know what's happened to Glenn Joseph slash Glenn Robertson shares. We don't know really what the real roles are of you know James Amma, Vicky Haskins, and and Lucy Cave without Michael Oku. Now that was su- that whole thing was just such a rush job that yeah, I'd love to know. I'd love to know more information out of there. And to it's be kind honest, of everything you shouldn't do, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And to be honest, I know it's a sore subject because Andy Boy and Andy Quilden are, are very close in real life, and I've been for years. So I kind of want to know a little bit more on that side. I think transparency is probably key right now as to what what mm. I, both in both cases i think the action's reasonable but i would like to know what, what what's kind of gone into this decision making and, and what's actually happening rather than, than speculating yeah the idea that wrestling can hide behind the shadows <laughs> when it comes to this kind of stuff no transparency mm. like not hiding you're not protecting kayfabe mm. that's dead mm. like this is about complete transparency for it in terms of ownership and everything else. Mm. Because I think if nothing else, like the victims deserve that. Yeah. I think with the transparency as well, it's where wrestling needs to be more open-minded. And I think wrestling has been so close minded in terms of its approach to the outside world for so long. And it's shot itself in the foot as a result of it. This is where, you know, proper structural change is needed. Uh, open-minded thought as to how you kind of open the wrestling business up to uh, different faces, um, but also to different different structures, different systems, different processes, um, a difference in interaction with, with media sources as well. Um, and this isn't me being opportunistic, by the way, by, by suggesting that. I, I must state that. That's not that mm. at all. Um, but it's part of the whole closed-minded process where they need to be more open. Stuff shouldn't just be going in house anymore. Mm. There should be uh, people in place are almost independent adjudicators when it comes to what goes on. There needs to be safeguarding officers. I don't know how you do that. This is this is the thing. I'm making these suggestions, but it's how you do it. It's how you implement yeah. it. And I think there needs to be, if people want to carry on promoting wrestling, I think they need to be working cross-company to put this stuff in place. If Andy Quilder wants to carry on working in wrestling, and the guys at Progress are going to carry on with this these this new um, lineup they've put in place, there needs to be kind of like like cross i suppose i'm going to say cross party because i'm thinking politically but there needs to be cross promotion uh, sort of work done to mm. put this in place if riptide want to carry on you know riptide have done some really good stuff in their approach to wrestling and they're probably the most open minded promotion in their approach 
of anyone. If, I don't know, Josh Bevan's got the mental strength to carry on after this, and fair play if he has, because I, I know that I wouldn't. Um, mm. Get involved with other promoters. If other promoters aren't willing to kind of band together and work cross-promotion to sort some of this stuff out and to put proper structural change in place, then they need to go if you ask me, and I know I'm sounding quite cutthroat yeah. when I say that, mm. but this, the old way is dead. It, the old way has to go because the old way has killed the industry in the UK. Yeah. All right. There was a boom for years and years. It just kind of went along. It's like a fucking volcano that was bubbling up and exploded as this boom came to an end, mm. basically. And yeah, if they want to carry on, they want wrestling to exist in this country. Open minds, mm open thought process cross promotion dialogue because otherwise fuck it because uh, yeah it, 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 it's it's dead to me at the moment and i'm just one fan and yeah and you know the, they're the the kinds of things brit res is gonna have to it's gonna have to be a period of reflection i'm hoping i'm hoping promotions use this this downtime properly to Maybe take the lead of a promotion like Riptide that is down tools until you know reasonably they can safely run shows again. Um, I do hope you know that that more promotions take that uh, take that that view of things. And yeah, this is again it it this is a story that's not over, isn't it? That's the thing. This is a mm. story we're going to be talking about in the in the weeks and months coming. Uh, and yeah, there's plenty plenty for promotions to do. There's things fans can do, you know, as far as, you know, making, being vocal and amplifying, you know, the voices that are still speaking out now. There are still stories that, mm. are, that, are, that are coming out now. And, you know, like, like we said at the top, JP, for people like us to take on board as podcasters, there's things that maybe, you know, we can do with our platform as well. Um, and hope to, to continue to, uh, to amplify this stuff and, and make sure this is uh, not a story that goes away. Yeah. I mean, it's something that we're looking to do. And and I think one of the things I obviously didn't want to do was to kind of send lots of unsolicited messages to lots of various people. But if anyone does want to get in, in contact about, um, you know, really like, like to hear from people, if you, you know, it sounds a bit weird. I feel like, again, I don't want to feel like I'm being opportunistic and it's mm. not kind of meant in that way. But there's like big learning moments, and I know from the conversations that we've all had, like this is something that that like we take incredibly seriously, and like there's a lot that that kind of we have learned from this and and from ourselves as well, and yeah, really, I I don't know, I can't really say necessarily like kind of in summation, but it's the time like take spends some of your time of what the victims and of what women in the industry have had to go through and suffer like like you owe we all owe them that as a result and like you mentioned a lot of stuff about where we could go in the future with this effectively brit rest needs to earn fans trust because that boom period is tainted mm. regardless it's absolutely tainted for me and it's kind of heartbreaking because you think of the relationships you make around that time, like outside the, the of memories, the memories generally. And the, so many are just tarnished 
this forever. podcast was a product of that. Yeah. This podcast is a big part of our lives. <laughs> and, <laughs> it was born and, out of that period, you know. Yeah. And I don't want to say like kind of like you know, obviously it's not as important as the as as kind of people who've been victimized by these motherfuckers. But at the same time, like for so many of us sort of as wrestling fans, we've all made various different different friends as a result of this. And we shouldn't be letting those fuckers tarnish it. Yeah, it shouldn't be the case. But spend the time listening to women. Someone I do want to give a shout out to, you mentioned Riptide, Justine from Riptide, who's been brilliant and has put out some really great resources out there as well and, and things to read. Just sort of a quick mention there as well. Absolutely. Yeah, and there'll be plenty of that stuff uh, in the show notes and I'll be uh, tweeting out some mm. stuff as well to uh, supplement your reading, listening. Um, that's the other thing. It's not just, you know, obviously we wanted to at least speak out to our audience a bit today, but it's not about our voices. There's many, mm. many other voices uh, we need to listen to as well. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as the podcast day, obviously, they know we... This is a heavy subject that's gonna uh, gonna be massive, and it's gonna be front and center uh, for absolutely the time being. And this wasn't uh, a podcast to you know. There were no reviews today. There was no. I don't think there was any. Uh, I don't even getting getting your brain into a point of point where even watching wrestling right now um, is tough. But you know, we are gonna attempt next week to to come back and and you know catch up a little bit on on the wrestling side of things if we can you know the the new japan side of things uh, we should have uh, stephanie chase on as a guest from uh, digital spy next week uh, to talk about that talk about fighter fest um and talk about that side of things but yeah you know wwe covid yeah that's the thing you know do you, do you want to mm. cheer everyone up jp that that's that's the yeah. story isn't it wwe putting all their their wrestlers at risk um which is, you know, Jeez. it's a big story right. in itself. We will be covering it going forward, but obviously, I think hopefully people uh, understand that today uh, wasn't the day for that stuff. Uh, anything else either you want to say before we go? Uh, no, all good. Awesome. Well, yeah, you know, again, we'll hopefully be back next week uh, with more wrestling side of things. But again, you know, pay, pay attention to our feed. Listen to the, the listen to these women. Listen to you know the stories uh, that are continuing to coming out. Um, we'll provide you know as much uh, a platform as we can, uh, as JP said, to anybody uh, who needs it um, on our side as well. And yeah, just in general, you know, this has been uh, I think overall uh, a really hard couple of weeks for for people involved in you know wrestling fans and people involved directly mm. never mind you know the poor victims in these cases and yeah just uh, overall everybody uh, stay well um and let's hope that uh, we have some better days coming soon cheers everyone bye